Good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Vintage McCoy. My co-host here, Rick Brown. And to my right, uh, you probably don't know her because uh, I, I would say she's like an undercover reporter, but not Stealth. really. Stealth. Stealth. <laughs> Broke one of the biggest stories in America as far as I'm concerned. I was grateful for it. You're going to hear more about who she is and what she did. So buckle up, get ready for Vintage McCoy. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. Together, we will make America great again. I have never been more hopeful about America. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One small step for man. to be able to sing with new meaning, my country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of the Arsene. We shall pay any price, bear any dirt, uphold any foe, to ensure the survival and the success of liberty. As indeed we are, the defenders of freedom. With the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God. We hold these truths be self-evident that all men are created one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined. And now, your host, Pastor Rob McCoy. Well, there you go, folks. Thanks for joining us. And as I promised you, you were going to find out who's on my right here. Rick, do you want to introduce Jennifer to everybody and tell them about who she is? And Well, this is Jennifer Van Lahr with Red, uh, Red, Red State. Red State. Uh, maybe um, I should do it. Yeah, I mean, I did my homework, bro. Yes. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I had so much fun last week when Eric, with Eric Metaxas, and you weren't here. I know. I had a lot of fun, but here, now you're... I'm, 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 I'm you're ruining get, your stride. You're, get, you're getting in my gears. So all right, I'm, all right. Jennifer is the managing editor of Red State. Thank you. That's cool. It is awesome. And you're amazing. Thank you. And you, you've been doing such a great job with numerous articles, and we want to plunge into one that's probably it's huge for us. Brought national attention mm -hmm. uh, to you, to Red State, and and just this well, whole story. And you saved our area of California. Bless yes. your heart. Thank you. You're the one who broke the story about Katie Hill, who I am. was Congresswoman Katie Hill, and you did all that. And she's no longer our congressman. <laughs> I don't even know member. what to say about it. <laughs> yeah, but she's no longer our congressman. She is not. And you were the one who broke that story about all the stuff she was doing that wasn't cool. Right. And we just want to hear you kind of unpack that for us. Let's do it. But remember, we're one of the things we, we, we have we have to be we have to tiptoe on this. Yes. Because the secular progressive left does not like to be exposed for the things that they're doing. And if you bring the truth out, they're not interested in truth. They're, they're interested in, in holding the truth down in order to put forward propaganda. That's right. And if you, 
if the truth is exposed mm -hmm. and it affects them and you're responsible for it, they want to cancel you, they mm -hmm. want to negate you, they want to yeah. sue you into oblivion. And so, folks, we have to navigate these waters with Jennifer mm -hmm. real delicately because Katie Hill, uh, she didn't go quietly. I mean, she, she <laughs> went down swinging. And but, but but she's not winning. I mean, you got her she's in the corner. <laughs> so talk to us and welcome, by the way. Thank you. I, well, it is, I, I do feel for her because she's obviously yeah. in a place of pain and she's been through a lot, a lot of it self-inflicted, but that doesn't change yeah. the fact of where she is. You, you know what? That's so sweet. Seriously. Because yeah. I, I always say people aren't the enemy. They're the opportunity. And mm -hmm. I love the way you led with that. Because mm -hmm. we have to stop for a minute. Katie Hill is the object of God's love. Mm -hmm. he, he loves her, mm -hmm. she's, she, and hurting people hurt people. Right. Well done, Jennifer. Thank you for reminding these two pastors what it, we're supposed to be about. Well, I didn't mean it all no, that way to no. get praise <laughs> from you about it, but you. you're welcome. Because as I was working through the, the information in the series of stories, it wasn't just about this picture that everyone talks about. It's about a whole dysfunctional relationship between her and her ex-husband and this girl that was her campaign staffer where they were having this thruple, this new word that people all understand the word, now. The word is thruple? Thruple. Thruple. Like, thruple. like a couple, but yeah. with three. Oh, gotcha. Thruple. So it's not just, you know, it's a relationship of three people, kind of a marriage of three people. Okay. I... I don't ever want to be in one, and I think it would be exhausting, even beyond just whatever moral well, my, issues my there wife, are. My wife is sometimes in a throuple when I have my multiple personalities, but that's neither here nor there. Hey, usually <laughs> still it's the one woman body, with the multiple. multiple personalities, yeah. but still physically. But as body. I was uh, researching that story and the different documents I got, it, I saw that she has some mental health issues that were referenced in there, that she had been drinking a lot, that... Uh, there's a lot going on in her life. And I was reading through the information. I got thinking, why wasn't there someone who cared about her enough to say, you don't need to be running for Congress right now. You have a lot going on in your life. And let's just make sure you're all together instead of doing something that could make your life even more difficult, a lot more changes and travel and stress. And when people are having issues with alcohol or mental health things, that's probably not the best thing for them to do. But yeah. like we see in Hollywood, or other places, there's usually the people around them that are going to get something out of what it, they it's, do. It's power, notoriety, and the show must go on, mm -hmm. and it comes at the expense of the mental health. Yeah, and people pushing you forward into that, even if... Even you have if senility. <laughs> if you realize you need to back away from that. Sometimes the freight train just carries them down the road, mm -hmm. and now they're in it. And give us a little background on Katie Hill. The, the district that she's from mm -hmm. is, is where you live. Correct, correct. So she was my congresswoman. So the, it's California's 25th district, which is right adjacent to where we are here. So so basically for our area, we got Brownlee and then And then Katie yeah. Hill. So the little part of uh, Simi Valley from Ventura County is in there, and then up and through Santa Clarita, the Antelope Valley. So Katie had not really been involved in politics until she decided to run for uh, Congress. She had been the executive director of a homeless nonprofit in L.A., and then just she said that when Donald Trump got elected, she just knew she had to do something, and so she ran. And she was, she was really gifted at speaking. Mm -hmm. She was uh, vibrant and seemed kind of gregarious, and Definitely. people liked her. She had a neat personality, um, young and and ready to you know take on the world. She but, worked her tail yeah, off she to get that seat. I, I watched the Vox documentary that they had done about her campaign, of three mm -hmm. three or four episodes. But she burned the midnight oil. She worked hard, and she earned that seat. Yeah. 
Now, I'm not from the area, so was she running against an incumbent? Mm -hmm. yeah. She's running against Steve Knight. Okay. And, and the seat had been held by a Republican for quite some time, if decades. I recall. Decades. Yeah, decades. Wow. So that was quite a coup for it her was. and the Democratic Party. Well, and, and you contrast Katie Hill with Steve Knight. I'm, Steve Knight's a good guy, not a great campaigner. Right. Uh, he, you know, he just he didn't walk precincts, didn't raise, and his dad was a pi very famous uh, pilot, right? Uh, uh, test pilot for the Air Force. Mm -hmm. So his father's name kind of carried him. But you contrast Steve's efforts with Katie Hill's, and it's night and day. She's just working her tail off, like you said. Right. Well, full disclosure, I did. I worked on Steve Knight's first campaign when he was the underdog. It well, then you should be defending him better. Well, I'm trying to. <laughs> he would say, I'm a workhorse, not a show horse. Okay. And that was definitely true. He was great in Congress doing the actual job. He, he was. <laughs> yeah. when I, but not so great on the public speaking. One-on-one, -on -one, he was really good, though. Right. That, that's true. But making phone calls, raising money, things mm -hmm. of that sort. Because I was in, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it alone, but I'm, I was aware of that. But when I went back to Washington mm -hmm. uh, as a city councilman, because we went back for lobbying, uh, he was he invited us in. He was very helpful in the things that the city needed. So mm -hmm. he, he, is, he was a good congressman. But you're right, contrasting the two, Katie Hill. She, she was right. a really good candidate. Not so good as a... See, we have the opposites yeah, yeah. there. Yeah. And I think the district was ready, Not maybe not the whole district, but the mood in the country was more, let's not have older white guys, and I won't insult Steve by calling him old because he's not that much older than I am, uh, but with and a it, young and woman. And we're, we are certainly much younger than him. Right, uh, yeah. definitely. Did we have more melanin? I don't know. Shh, leave it alone. Go ahead. Go. Oh. <laughs> well, I was finished waiting for the next lead. <laughs> I, I feel bad I interrupted you. It's okay. Tell us what happened with Katie Hill. What the parts that you can share, uh, obviously things that are public record. Mm -hmm. Bring everyone up to speed about the story. The timeline. How right. Did, how did it first, I mean, where'd you get the first break and yeah. crack and things? Right. So uh, Katie took office at the beginning of 2019, and then she got some pretty powerful positions. Nancy Pelosi saw her as an up-and-coming. Like an AOC almost. Almost, except she was white. So she couldn't be as much of the squad as she would want it to be. But she was the vice chair of the oversight committee. So they would be the ones that would be handling impeachment inquiries. So, and that was Elijah Cummings was the, the chair then. He passed away. We'll get to that in a second. So during that summer of 2019, I got some tips that maybe there was some financial malfeasance that had gone on at PATH when Katie was there. That's the homeless. The homeless yeah. charity or nonprofit. And so I started looking into some of those things. Since I'm in the district and I've been involved in politics, I know a lot of the players on both sides of the aisle. So got some information and eventually got a bunch of text messages and like, screenshots of them and, and photos just sent to me through a link it just online. I mean, it, it just happens to everybody. <laughs> right. Yeah, you get those, yeah. No, you're so, kind of investigative here. You got connections. Right. right. So I, I started looking at the information that I received and there was a lot of stuff had nothing to do with anything sexual. Uh, but then there were the text messages that showed the relationship, the throuple between she and her husband and this campaign staffer, and then photos to that backed it up. So in those text messages, though, what bothered me was the atmosphere, the toxic atmosphere. The girl even called it, the, we have a toxic relationship. Or after they had broken up and she was still working for Katie, She'd say, why, why would you make me put sunscreen on you at that event and touch you in front of everyone? You know that makes me uncomfortable because of where we are now. Wow. That's classic sexual yeah. harassment. So I thought there's a, a bigger story to tell here. So as I was figuring out how I'm going to tell this, 
if I'm going to tell it, because I knew that it would not make my life very easy in the community, that it would alienate people that I respect and care about. But as I I thought about it, I knew that the voters, they deserve to know what was going on here. So then Elijah Cummings dies, and she's going to be possibly the chair of the oversight committee, and I said, I need to have this out because I know enough from being in a military family myself, having people that work in the intelligence community as uh, friends, that this kind of information could be used to blackmail her or to force her to vote certain ways. And I didn't want that out there. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting angle that, I mean, as you were evaluating, you start getting this information, you're weighing, what do I do with it? And you're thinking, because of that background, I, pro- I would have not processed, oh, if somebody, the wrong people get a hold of this mm-hmm. information, it's going to be a, le- a lever to basically push her in a direction that would be... Is that called the Biden lever? <laughs> 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 well, we know a lot of people, uh, they make decisions, and you're like, where is the pressure for them to make that decision? It right. makes no sense, and you're not sure, and the statement is, well, what do they have on them? Right. What are they? And so you saw that, and... Uh, what, what transpired after you dropped the story? So after I dropped the story, for a few days, it was kind of quiet. And then she issued a denial. And I can understand why she thinks that. She thinks that I was just publishing them to continue to harass her to harass her out of office. The reality is that it, there was a lot of information that I was condensing into multiple stories, and that takes time because uh, you know, I'm also a single mom right. and have a lot of obligations there. So yeah, and you weren't getting paid for this at the time? So um, I didn't go I wouldn't get paid until it was all turned in. So So that had to be accepted. Right. Yeah. So as I published it turned out that as she would deny something I was just publishing something else that would show that her denial was false. <laughs> so it went through about four stories detailing first that relationship, her um, alcohol problem, she was missing flights to and from uh, the district because of it. Um, the toxic relationship with mm. her and the girl and the ex-husband. And so by the end of that week, she I was startled. I didn't think it would even be a blip because, like you said, the media doesn't like to report anything that's negative about their people. And so I thought, eh, yeah, some people see it, but it's really probably not going to be a big deal. And then I got a call the day before she announced that she was going to resign and someone telling me she's going to resign. I just heard. I said, wow. What? So at that point, I started getting a lot of threats online. And then the, the threats you, you process, you have three boys, right? Mm-hmm. Any of them at home? One, my youngest, and he and was 16, 15 at the time. Was he scared? He was, but I'd been through another issue a couple of years earlier where there had been a Republican assemblyman that had made an improper proposal to me. That got out. The Republicans blackballed me, and I got some threats then, too. So, unfortunately, this child has had to be told twice in his life, so far, or three times now, because of when the lawsuit happened, hey, don't answer the door for anyone. Hey, if you see this, let me know. Um, yeah. I don't think that's something a kid should have to deal exactly. with. Yeah. When I stepped into politics running for the assembly, the ones that attacked me the most at the beginning were the Republican Party. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty good at it. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> serious? I, I mean, I've been a Republican my whole life, but longer than I've been a Christian. Longer than I've been a husband or a father or a pastor. And here they are in a, in a primary. It just it grieved me. And But you get a, a quick wake-up call that it, for a lot of people, it's all about power. Mm-hmm. 
for a, a select few, they really want to do the right thing. And even right. the ones who want to do the right thing get caught up in the power. Right, because you have to get reelected. You got to get reelected. And and yet we're watching this change rapidly. So so Katie Hill is this story just devastates. She resigns. Mhm. Mm but that's not the end of it. What happens? Uh, well, first the Republicans were mad at me <laughs> in a way because now there's going to have to be a special election <laughs> yeah. to fill the seat when I should have just waited. They were wanting me to have done it strategically to benefit them. And I'm, no, I'm a journalist. I put out things. Was this the Central Committee worthy. or the State Party? Just scuttlebutt from okay. coming around from people. No one official came to me and said that. Yeah, the party here in California is so... <laughs> Wonderfully organized, but anyways, we're working. I'm a delegate to the party, so I probably shouldn't bash it. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> well, so after you, you can speak truth, but, right? Yeah. So after that, there was a coordinated media campaign against me, um, first from this Playboy reporter who we found out later was Katie's boyfriend at the time, uh, was going around and posting things on Twitter accusing me of being in a uh, conspiracy with the RNC and with other people to publish all of this stuff, and accused me of being in a conspiracy with the guy that led the blackballing two years prior. And I said, Katie knows this is a lie. She, everyone in Santa Clarita knows I would never work with that guy because yeah. he destroyed my income. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so I got attacked from mostly from the Democrats then. They wrote, published all kinds of just hit pieces against me that weren't correct in any way. And then I went on Tucker to talk about it. And the next day I got a letter from Katie's attorney you know, to preserve anything that I had about the my investigation because they might sue. Mm. So that was a fun Halloween night. <laughs> yes. So if they're, where are they putting these articles about you to attack you? You're, um, you have the red state platform. Right. What's their platform? Media, Politico, LA Times. Um, All the heavy hitters. Slate, I think, Salon, Daily Beast. I mean, name them, they've written uh, lies about me. But Tucker hears. Mm -hmm. And so that's great visibility, at least to get the truth out there right. in a platform where you're able to. And then that's when the litigation's threatened. Right. And I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask you, did, did she go forward? She did. So Christmas time of this year, she uh, filed the Merry lawsuit. Christmas. Right. Merry <laughs> Seriously. I mean, not to be poor me, but every time for the, ever since I published it, every time I'd go away for a vacation for a few days, that's something would happen. It's the same with us. We, yeah. I mean, I went... I, about a year ago, and then that's when she started her PR tour. I was trying to have three days away to just forget about life, and then she does that. And then last August, I go on vacation, and um, one of her former employees starts tweeting about wanting to blow my brains off my head. Wow. So, yeah, then Christmas, I get the lawsuit. And how long did that take for you to, to work through that process, and how did that turn out? For the lawsuit? Yeah. So, uh, I... Luckily, I got counsel. What was interesting was she went after the Daily Mail in the lawsuit, but she didn't sue any of their reporters individually. She sued Red State, and she sued me individually. So I had to... Were you the manager of, uh, uh, managing editor of Red State when, you, when the story dropped? I was deputy managing editor then. Okay. My promotion was about a month so ago. So that's why they included Red State. That's why she went after them. Yeah, because they have the deeper <clears throat> pockets, obviously. Yeah, they're owned by Salem, right? Right, yeah. right. So we filed Let's an anti... Let's give it anti up for that singer. Right? <laughs> uh, so we filed an anti-slap, which, do you know about slap lawsuits? 
Uh, yeah, they, uh, is it glove on or off? I'm not sure if it's right. <laughs> I'm not familiar. Boxing glove, yeah, maybe? Yeah. So slap is strategic lawsuit against public participation. So when someone like Katie, who's much more powerful than me, has a lot more resources than me, tries to silence me as a journalist or even as just an individual citizen because of my protected activity, my speech, right. then I can file this anti-slap motion, which gets the lawsuit hopefully dismissed at a very early stage. And if they continue... Uh, it also opens up the door for attorney fees to be. Right. So our, we gave her attorneys the opportunity to dismiss the lawsuit, went to them and said, hey, look, we have a pretty strong case here that we're going to have this dismissed because of the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. And so you can dismiss her now and not incur those attorney fees. And they said no. So we went forward and on March 10th, the judge ruled that I would be dismissed from the case, that uh, my activity was journalistic and protected by the First Amendment and that she's a public figure and what was happening in those photos was of public interest. Yeah. Now, uh, attorneys, interestingly enough, they're going to get paid whether they get paid by their client or they get paid by the person that they're coming after. So right. it, it's to their benefit, it seems, to, oh, yeah, we're going to move forward mm -hmm. with that. So now Katie's left with having to pay your mm -hmm. legal fees and her own. And Salem's and the Daily and Mail's. And Salem and Daily Mail's. Wow. What do you think that would be a total of? I mean, I'm, I'm ballparking a half a million dollars, wow. just knowing what my individual fees are right now. Yeah. And and so your attorney, attorneys get paid, Red State gets paid, their attorneys get paid, her attorneys get paid, Katie just is out 500 grand. Mm -hmm. And she's no longer a Congress member. Right. Uh, and she's divorced. And mm -hmm. her life is struggling. And I, I, again, I want to go back to how you opened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your heart's for her. Yeah, you have to have compassion for that. Even the judge said in, in the uh, hearing, I feel sorry for her. No one should have to go through that. Yeah. You know, but I agree. It was still a journalistic First Amendment right. activity. Yeah. And it's not likely that you know the directorship of a homeless shelter, if she was back in charge, could pay those kind of, I mean, those fees of a half a million dollars. Is, she has a book deal and a movie deal based on, so she wrote a book about this whole experience and then that's going to supposedly be made into a movie. And I then see. she took the million dollars she had in her re-election uh, fund and turned that into a pack and pays herself from that. I see. So she has income, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So is her book out? It is. And uh, is there anything in there that would be liable? Is there anything that... There are things I'm definitely not happy with. Uh, when we knew she was going, what she was going to publish because there were book excerpts mm -hmm. over yeah. the summer, sent her attorney a, a cease and desist and said what we thought didn't need to be said. And they essentially said, go pound sand. Okay. So unless I want to pony up the money to sue her on them, which I don't, mm -hmm. then I just have to yeah. grin and bear it and write to those publications asking for retractions or corrections. Well, um, let's do this, because uh, we like to keep the segments a little bit shorter mm -hmm. these days, because Rick and I have been traveling, and he you, actually, you've been carrying it the last week, because I've been gone so much, and I'm happy to be back with you all. But we come back, we're wearing the same outfits, but we're going to break it into <laughs> three segments for our folks, because we only get an opportunity to be in the studio like once or twice a week. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, I want to break this up so let's let's conclude where we are with this and when we come back for our next episode i, I want to talk about uh censorship okay propaganda cancel culture 
all the stuff that we're dealing with, especially with Vice President Harris and President Biden, their statements as of late in regards to even even uh, our our First Amendment rights, that, that no amendment is set in stone. I'm like, where, where are you coming from, dude? <laughs> So would you would you help us walk through that some of the things that you've had to face in re regards to that mm -hmm. because the first amendment you know what I'm going to share this when we open at the beginning of the next segment Great. So folks uh, we're we're going to we're going to wrap up this segment and we're going to come back tomorrow with Jennifer we're going to talk about censorship we're going to talk about propaganda we're going to take a look at President Biden and Vice President Harris's comments uh, we're going to really take this apart because we are in, we are in a battle for truth uh, and and we didn't even touch on your area of faith and if you don't mind I'd, I'd loved what you shared offset with your permission I want to do it in the next segment that's because fine. that'll open everybody's eyes to really what the battle is about is that okay that's fine I just got her permission all right so with that we will be big, we will be back with you <laughs> next time Okay, we're going to cut that out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we'll be back with you tomorrow night. God bless you guys. See you in a bit. Hey, guys. Thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.